The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. What's going on, Ajay? Hi. How are, are you? Are you okay? I'm you know, good. we were supposed to come in this morning. You were busy. It, it sounded like, at least when I called you, all I heard is, Hello? Yo, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. I, that, that's all I heard. Sound of a tractor. Actually, I didn't Move even hear the, the tractor. I thought you were in your car. I didn't even hear the tractor part. <laughs> but I heard the despair in your voice. <laughs> when I called you for the reason I was calling you. <laughs> oh, I felt bad. I know. Ed, don't feel bad. Okay, do feel bad. Because I sucked. That poor guy. <laughs> hey, this is going to be an exciting week. Oh, my gosh. And You're by the, the way, they're just, they're just lining up, too. It's, it's incredible when you talk to people who are passionate about Aggie basketball. And they want to be a part of, you know, just something like this. It's, as I, I say, small as this, right? Um, Fraggy listeners, we have got a heck of a week planned for you. And if you miss any of it, it will be on our podcast platform. Uh, Stitchers, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, just type in Eric's name, my name, or the Full Court Press. You'll hear every episode. You'll find the interviews included. Um, with Eric and I, and, and the uh, and the special guest, the guest of honor, if you will. So uh, we've, in fact, we got two more interviews lined up. Uh, I, I let you know about them, Eric. So hopefully you'll be here. Uh, but uh, it, sh- it should be fun. It should be fun. It's my hope too. <laughs> uh, so so I, okay. Wait, do we have a title officially for this week? Because I'm not sure if we welcome in. I don't know. Say this certain guy that we're going to have on Wednesday, and say so. Uh, now it's time for our above average Aggie the, basketball player. The latest edition of interviews with above average <laughs> former Aggie. I don't know if that's Yeah, we should work. probably give it a different name. <laughs> we got to work on that because it starts tonight. <laughs> uh, no, we got a bunch of Aggie basketball legends that are going to be joining us here on the Four Court Press. On the Four Court Press starts tonight, 5 o'clock. Uh, one of the really. I almost say honestly underrated greats in Troy Roll. Troy was really athletic, off the wall athletic. Uh, he could hop out of a gym, and he hit some big time shots too. Uh, uh, and just and a really good basketball player with some great memories. And in fact, I when I went and spoke to him in person and asked him if he'd join us, he, you know, we were talking for a little bit, and we brought up the UConn game. You know, losing to UConn, who was a defending national champion in a game that they were. It's closer than what people thought it was, and the score indicates at one point before UConn ran away with it. But Troy remembers a certain guy on that team that just torched the Aggies. And then the individual I interviewed this morning, first guy he mentioned was the same guy that Troy mentioned. He said, huh. that guy was so dang good. Uh, and so, again, you, uh, I'll be gone tonight, unfortunately, at 5 o'clock, but you'll be here to run the show. Yep. Uh, you'll get Troy roll on. Eric, how, I got to ask you, how far back, because with the Yankees honoring the 79-80, team, and then the 0910 squad, what, how far back does your memories go? When did you get into Aggie basketball? When did it start for you? 
Oh, uh, well, I remember going to lots of games as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, we didn't go to a ton of games, but I remember going to games and oh, now names are just threw that on me. It's some names that are, are, are slipping my mind who they were. I remember the Eric Franson days because that's hard to forget. Certainly in the mid nineties, uh, with a name like that, I always thought that was cool to go to a, a stadium and see someone on the court with a similar name. And he was a good player. Uh, so I really started to remember those uh, early 90s teams um, and uh, starting to follow what Utah State was really all about at that time. Um, and uh, then Eustachie came in, kind of took things to another level, uh, and things really started to, to kick up a notch after that. So, uh, And then since then, the whole Stu Morrill era was, was fascinating. Uh, just great teams. Always the, the Spectrum magic was incredible. Um, and so I'm really excited for this week that we have to to touch base with some of those former Aggies that were here in one form or another, either as coaches or players, and uh, give them an opportunity to reflect back on their moments in the sun that they had wearing an Aggie uniform or on an Aggie sideline and talking about uh, th- those great moments that they had playing for Utah State or coaching for Utah State as uh, these reunions are going to be happening later on this week. I'm excited. It's an Aggie Legends week. Audrey. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. Uh, and the names that you'll hear uh, throughout the week will just bring back all sorts of memory. I can't wait to discuss. I have so many questions about, you know, the seasons, the teams, the games, the behind the scenes. Uh, and, and, you know, for a couple of, for a lot of them that played under Coach Morrill, what that experience was like. And uh, I had a, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun, and like I'm just trying not to spoil everything, give it all away, so one at a time, but tonight, Troy Roll is a big one, should be a blast uh, for you to be able to uh, have him on, and again, as soon as the as soon as soon the interview's over and the show's over, I'll, uh, I'll be gone, but I'll come back and, and we'll post it online so everybody can listen to it who has missed it, and uh, and, and be able to uh, get yourself ready for another another edition tomorrow. It's, it's just going to come fast and furious. Monday through Friday. Like, it really is. It's just coming bam, bam, bam. So, yeah. Yeah, make an appointment listening, but if you do miss it, we save it all and make it available on podcast form that uh, you can subscribe to or you can find it on our website, 1069thefan.com, where you can find all of our former episodes and shows uh, and uh, interviews that we do and press conferences uh, from coaches uh, as well. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot to look forward to this week and what we've got planned and scheduled here on the Full Court Press. Um, but AJ, before we get into reflecting on those yesteryears, let, let's reflect on just a few get days to the bad ago. Stuff first, <laughs> yes, <clears throat> Utah State. Uh, they were they hit that rough patch there. Looked like they started to figure some things out. Were playing really good basketball, better offense, better defense. But then we're gonna the, the real test was going to be when they travel to San Diego to see just how far they've come if they've come far enough, Um, and a a well-fought first half. But then San Diego State really poured it on in the second half and pulled away with 49 second-half points uh, and beating Utah State 80-68. to So let's start there. Let's start with the first half. I saw a lot of good things. First of all, Sam comes out, uh, you know, and and gets the team going. Uh, Had a couple of big buckets there to to start it off. I I thought Miller was good. Um... You know, Justin Bean was effective. In fact, Miller was the first one to score for the team uh, on a uh, 
on a on a putback actually out of all the things. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, Sam got going there a little bit, uh, a little bit the middle of the second or first half. Excuse me. I just thought, man, they they played great defense. They were in their grill. They had that big run. I think it was, uh, it was like it was a fourteen zero run. Is what it was. It was a fourteen zero run that uh, that bloomed the lead into. I think it was eleven. Uh, Bean had and th- Bean even had a three two. And I mean the ball movement was great. The the just and the it really they hit some tough looks, but they also moved the ball around so well they got a lot of great open looks, including underneath the hoop. I can't tell you how many open layups they had. Um, and I thought I thought Keta was involved. That was the great things that they kept going to Keta time after time after time, and they had no answer for him. Uh, what's his name? Z. What's his freaking fetcher? <laughs> Not Wetzel. It's Wetzel. Okay. They didn't have it. Like, Wetzel had nothing. Wetzel Pretzel had two fouls early. Coach took him out, and they had no answer for him, for Keta. And like you said, 39-31 at half. Aggies at the time were 14-3 and when leading at the half. 40-5 and under Smith all time. So you're thinking, hey, we're leading. this thing's over. Like, we honestly, if we can score a couple buckets here, we're going to win this thing. And then one possession in the second half just flipped that thing around. Um, and I th- if I remember right, it was early. Because the Aggies had an open look. I think it was an open three. Missed it. The putback wouldn't go in. Saniel comes down. They hit a three, get a two. They went on a monster run. Uh, and I gotta, I'll have to look at my notes really quickly to remember how big that run was. Um, but again, dude, it's just like the problem with San Diego state is that you never fully put them away. No, they're always hanging around, man. And do you know what? For the first time, it wasn't Flynn. It was Mitchell. That's true. Yeah. Mitchell was deadly and the Aggies just did not have an answer for him. Uh, he got hot. Uh, he could do what almost whatever he wanted to do and Utah state couldn't contain him. So twice uh, the Aztecs went into droughts. Once in the first half, they had a drought of 528. Uh, and that, that's when the Aggies went on their 14 0 run. They were up 28 24, then took a 39 31 lead at half. Uh, you had that Samuel 3 at the buzzer. To, you know, when San Diego State was starting to make a run at it, Merrill 3 at the buzzer from the right angle stopped that momentum. And at that point, the Aggies were shooting 55% in the first half, they were shooting 70% from deep, Eric. 70%. They hit seven threes in the first half without any free throws. That's what, and that's what said to me, we're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. And then the Aggies led by 10. And then finally, like Aztecs just started putting pressure on USU. They were more physical in the second half. Rest became more inconsistent. Kind of got a couple of really ticky tack calls. He all of a sudden had two quick fouls. Um, and then Aztecs had those that the back to back to back threes. Uh, one from Flynn, three from Mitchell, uh, and then they were on a 6-0 run, and it was just, it snowballed, man. It absolutely snowballed. By the under 12, Aztecs were up 54-52. They never relinquished the weed after that. How much do you think it, the the effect of the Kawhi Leonard and his presence? Nothing. And everything that was going on there? Nothing. Nothing. Dude, we were up 10. We were up 39-31. Like, that whole thing was... If the Aggies are down 12 at the start, then you're thinking, okay, maybe there is that. You know, it's, oh, Kawhi's here. Got to put it up, you know, and put on a show. No, nah, dude. And that that crowd was stunned 
by about midway through the first half. Uh, it was quiet. It was really quiet there for a while. Um, and then, of course, Matt Mitchell just got going in the second half, and that, like, and then it just it never quieted down. Matt Mitchell, he had 24, Eric, by the under-8 media in the second half. 24 points. He was 4 or 5 from deep. He was 8 of 12 from the field. And, and the crazy thing is that Aggies stopped doing two things. One, making adjustments defensively to Mitchell defensively, right? And two, more importantly, they quit going to Keta. They stopped going down low. For some reason, just quit. And I still don't know why. And then the Aztecs got a lot of, away with a lot of physicality in the second half, too. Merrill went down hard. Abel went down hard. Breedle got fouled going to the hoop. So did Miller. Keta got fouled going on a putback. No calls or nothing. Go on the other side. Flink gets bumped by Merrill. They call a foul. Uh, Mitchell goes to the hoop. Straight up his bean. They call foul on the body. Stuff like that, just incon- and I'm not blaming the refs because it wasn't them, but it's just there was an inconsistency at best at times. And then, of course, you know, by the final media, it was an 11-point game, and the Aztecs had hit seven, uh, their last seven fields they made. They could not miss in the second half. And it was just this onslaught, and if a team can't miss, you're on the road, you're missing field goals, you're tur- and the turnovers became really bad, too. Brito was not good with ball security again. He's having issues there. A lot of turnovers from the uh, from the Aggies, and that created two easy buckets on the other end, and that's really what did the Aggies in. And, uh, the other thing, too, that has been troubling in Utah State losses is uh, that there's not a lot of production off the bench. I, mean, I felt like Brito was doing a lot of little things. Yeah. I mean, he was, with he was involved. He was making some things happen. I mean, it's – but still – just that offensive punch is just not there. Yeah, off the bench, you're still not getting it. I thought Anderson was okay, not great. I thought Barstow was mm, not what he usually has been on coming off the bench, at least in my opinion. Um, Dorius, what I mean, we didn't see a lot of Dorius, right? I, no. We saw him early, and then we didn't see him the whole pretty much the rest of the night. Um, they went small ball for most of the time. Um, but yeah, you need more consistent scoring off your bench. And I feel like we've said that before. I feel like we've said that a few times now, but again, uh, it's, you gotta, you gotta be clutch offensively when they're, when they're going good offensively on their end. And I felt like on the road, Aggies hung with them shot for shot in the first half. They hung with them. And that second half, Matt Mitchell got going. They didn't have an answer. In fact, they started turning over the ball where they weren't having full possessions with a chance to shoot the ball. And that was a huge problem for the Aggies. That was a, that was a major problem right there. Uh, looking at a couple of notes, though. Um, Justin Bean leads them out west right now once again and ranks eighth of the nation with 12 double-doubles this season. He had another one against San Diego State. Um, he didn't have a double-double. He had 13 points, but he didn't. He only had five rebounds. How does it say? Oh, I'm looking at the night. Sorry, I'm looking at the game before. My bad. Sorry. Wrong game. Wrong game. Wrong game. <laughs> uh, but he does He does rank eighth in the nation in double doubles. He leads the Mountain West in that category as well. And then, regards to being on the glass, he ranks 11th in the nation in total rebounds, 19th in the nation offensive rebounds, and just outside the top 25 in rebounds per game. And then, of course, for Sam Merrill, uh, it was his first double double of the year, was 16 and 12. Um, he ranks 24th with two and a half assist to turnover ratio. But then also, here's the kicker. This is going to be fun. So we talked about Aggie legends this week, right? 
Sam Merrill is 40 points away from going from getting to is it 2000 points is that right? I believe it's 2000 points if I'm not mistaken. Which means that on Aggie Legends night if he can get at least half of that 20 against UNLV Sam Merrill is going to have the 40 mark uh 41 points is what he needs to become the fourth player in school history for 2000 and he would join J.C. Carroll, Gray Grant, and Wayne Estes. And he could do that on Saturday night on Legends Night. That's incredible. Is that awesome or what? Hey, uh, Brock Miller, was I thought was really good, right? He had 15 on the night uh, against San Diego State. You know, he, he kept a minute. Without True. Brock Miller in the second half, that game's a 20-point game midway through. No, that's a great point. I'm glad you bring him up because he, he's much maligned. He gets criticized often. But I feel like the last couple of games, he has been finding his shot a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that's been helpful to have that weapon. We felt like for Utah State to be legitimately in this game, they needed to have somebody besides Bean and Merrill that could threaten. Uh Usually the thought is that it's that's got to be Keta who's going to be able to do that, but uh, you know Brock Miller was able to do some of that, um, and but I don't know. I mean, San Diego State is just really really good. Aj, I, I, it's hard for me to really point too many fingers at what Utah State did wrong. Yeah, I know because I know. Like they were just. Do you know on, what? That's the cra- on point. You, and everything they wanted to do. That's a great, great, great point you bring up. People are going to say, "Well, yeah, the Aggies played a great game." So what does that tell you about San Diego State? If the Aggies play one of their better games and still lost by thirteen, what does that tell you about San Diego State? Tells me they're a one seed. Yeah, they're they're the number four team in the country for a reason. They are in net rankings the number one team. Are they really? Wow. As of today. Yes. Good for them, though. They earned it. They're undefeated. Give them the respect that they deserve. Now, my question is, is there that worry that they probably need to lose a game just to keep them focused? Like, to make sure that, hey, let's reset. We, <laughs> where we are San Diego State, we're a good basketball team, but we still, you know, anybody can beat us on any given night. Because, Eric, they're beating the best of the best right now. They beat Utah State twice on their home court and on ours. Uh, Does a loss help or no? Well, no. You say they're beating the best of the best. I mean, we'd like to think that Utah State is among the best. But let's be honest. They're above mediocre in the Mountain West right now. They're 6-5. and They're barely above mediocre. By very definition. So, and that's much of the rest of the league. Besides San Diego State, uh, what is it? Two teams have four losses. That's that's the next best team has four yeah. losses. Yeah. So it's not like the Mountain West is out there full of great teams. And that's not necessarily a knock on San Diego State. But they should be beating teams in the Mountain West like they are beating them. I get what you're saying, and sometimes I see teams uh, roll through the season, dominating uh, uh, opponents, and then once they face a, a semi-decent team, they've been so used to rolling over their opponents that they kind of clam up a little bit. Uh, could that happen to San Diego State? Sure. Do they need a loss to get out of the way before they get into the, the NCAA tournament? I don't know. 
How maybe, far? How maybe far? it comes in the in the Mountain West Conference tournament. But that'd be great. The way that the Mountain West <laughs> is right now, the way that it's built, AJ, I have a hard time seeing anybody really doing that. Really? Maybe Utah State on a neutral court. I mean, the Aggies played them tough in Logan, but not tough enough. So, looking at the Mount West Conference standings right now, uh, we're in a little bit of hot water. San Diego, Colorado State, Boise State, UNLV, 1, 2, 3, and 4 are ahead of Utah State at 6 and 5. Uh, by yeah, the way, but only I'm, a game separates. That's exactly where I'm getting to. Utah State gets UNLV Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Gets Boise State Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Utah State's lost to both those teams once already. They have to, and I repeat... They must sweep this week. If they don't, they fall into the Wednesday opening day bracket of the Mount West Conference Tournament, which is a big no-no. You want to avoid that at all costs. A 60 would play the 11 seed, which at this time would be, of course, Wyoming, which is cool because it's okay, a bye. It's a layup. But you still want to avoid that Wednesday game. You want rest because then the 6 seed... Would uh do 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 play? Sorry, I'm just looking at this right now as we speak. Quarterfinal number four. So they so they'd play at seven thirty on Thursday versus a three seed of whoever that would be, which as of right now would be Boise State. By the way, wasn't it last year where Fresno got like a easy? I think it was last year where Fresno be they're a worse seed than Utah State, but they had a better way. To get to the championship than Utah State did, based on where they were seated, it was really funky. And when I look at it now, like Utah State would play Wyoming in day one, cool. It's like you said, it's a layup. Boise State in round two, I think they, I think they dispatch Boise State. And then you, I mean, then you're in the semifinal on Friday. But guess who? You wouldn't, you wouldn't face San Diego State yet. You wouldn't face San Diego State till the championship. Nonetheless, though, you want to stay out of that Wednesday bracket. You want to play Thursday instead and, uh, and get, get a little bit of rest. And then for whoever else comes up after you. But, I mean, UNLV lost on Saturday night. So they're at 6-4. They're at and four. It's a big loss because that helps Utah State. So if you can beat UNLV and then beat Boise State, you're back at 8-5. and five. Both those teams drop a spot. You're probably looking at second place depending on what Colorado State does. It's a weird conference this year. Oh, dude, it's been funky, hasn't it? It's really, really weird. Uh, it's a round robin, everybody beating each other. Uh, oh. I, I, my hope and my thought here is that, if, that Utah State has evolved and really San Diego State should be their, the only kryptonite left. Yeah. Um, and they should be able to take care of business the rest of the way. But... Then you get into the conference tournament, and does Utah State face them again and get another loss? Does Utah State get into the NCAA tournament with six conference losses? Eight losses overall? No. I don't know. No. Not not only do they have to win out, they have to get to the conference championship now, and even that's not guaranteed to get them in. By the way, Colorado State... Lucky for them, they have a bye until they get Fresno on Saturday, and then they get Utah State at home the following week. 
so sorry, they got Fresno State tomorrow night, and then they have a bye until they play Colorado or Utah State next Tuesday. Well, good for you, Colorado State. That's great timing. Got to stay out of that Wednesday bracket, man. Yeah. Get yourself some rest so you can get ready to play one of those you know, bottom feeders coming up, whoever it would be. I just avoid UNLV and play Boise State. That'd be great. Or play San Jose State for all that I care. By the way, San Jose State lost at, well, lost a home to Wyoming. How about that? Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Sports is stupid. All right, uh, some more updates on what else has happened throughout the, uh, the weekend with the Mountain West. Updated NCAA net rankings. We'll also get into the uh, NFL's uh, Super Bowl that happened over the weekend. Uh, the latest rankings are out for the high school RPI. We'll update you on the current standings there for both the boys and the girls. Coming up next hour, conversation with Troy Roll on part of our Aggie Legends Week. And, uh, yeah, that's coming up at 5 o'clock. So we'll continue to discuss... All the things that happened over the weekend, Utah Jazz uh, in the middle of a four-game losing streak. What's going on there? We'll update you on all that. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on a Why do Monday. You do that? Why do you? I'm trying to make sure I have knowledge of what's going on in the show. What? What are you talking about? You won't let me have that knowledge. I just, I just want to know what happened. I just want to know the results. Right? I'm not surprised on air. In case I swear, I might swear. You won't swear. You don't know that. Well, there's some truth to that. But I do have control of your mic. If I turn it on or off. Well, good for you. So if you start going off, you'll go off. Start going off, you'll go off. Yeah, so how do you think you did with a pick six? Why you don't do that to me? I'm already stressing out. You shouldn't stress out. How do you know? You're just playing. See, now you're playing mind games with me. Look, you already brought me a cookie today. Because you felt like you were going to lose. Unless you tainted that cookie somehow. I did not. Because it's still sitting you, there. Like I, not you sure I should trust ate you. It? I brought you a cookie <laughs> from old Gristmill. Yeah, the look on your face, like, here's a cookie. No, no I was happy to give you Here a cookie. you go. I was trying to help. Wink, r- wink. You know, brighten your day. Bring some color into There's it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this. There is nothing. And there was nothing wrong with it. You eat the dang thing. Rod, if you're listening, go ahead and have that cookie now. I was going to give it to Rod, but I thought you needed it more. So our pick six this week. Six things we thought might happen for the weekend. Oh, dude. I just wish you would have told me. All right, here we go. Sam Merrill points at San Diego State. The line was set at 25 and a half. Under. We both took the under on that, which was wise because he only had 16. Sam Merrill only scored 16 against San Diego State. Okay, the combined first half points at the Super Bowl. The line was set at 18 and a half. And it was, in fact, 10-10, so the combined score was 20. So I was under, I got it wrong, you went over, you got it right. So now you're up 2-1. to one. 
quit trying to soften the blow here. Okay, the length of the Super Bowl halftime show was set at 27 and a half. It did not go that long. Yeah, it did. I I timed it. 28:34. You didn't. Time you had 28 it. minutes and 34 seconds. Yes, I did. Wait, hold uh, on. Are we talking about to kick off? Or are we talking about so okay, when the, the halftime, halftime show, show. show starts to kick off. No, the halftime show. How long is the show when the performers are out there doing their thing? No way. You got to go to kickoff. That was your line. No. That I told Adam. You should have known that. Nope. The halftime show extends to kickoff. The show is when they're performing. It's not halftime. How long is halftime? When when Fox is doing their thing, and and they're oh hey uh, this is no longer the Fox the halftime show because the performers are done. The Fox halftime show goes until kickoff. Incorrect. You screwed me over on this one. Nope. So you went over. I went under. So no, nope. I got it right. So now we're tied two two. That's bull. This is bull, complete bull crap. Okay, the next one was the Westbrook stat line versus the Pelicans. So that's points, rebounds, and assists. So that combined total, this is, I, which you had a hard time you understanding. Probably screwed me over on that one too. That combined total <laughs> versus Patrick Mahomes' pass attempts. You want to kill me that Westbrook scored twenty-two points. Had six, what was it now? I moved off of it. Six, I think it was six points, or six, six rebounds. Points. Excuse me, six rebounds and seven assists. I feel like you're screwing me over here. This is so bull his crap. combined total, I'm going to file a lawsuit, was 35. Patrick Mahomes' passing attempts, 42. But both of us took Westbrook. No way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we didn't think that Patrick was going to have to throw 42 times. And a big bulk of those passing attempts came in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Back into it. Yeah. All right, our next one, Namiash Keta. <clears throat> so, again, we're tied at 2-2 right here. Namiash Keta points plus rebounds at San Diego State. We set the line at 21 and a half. Ajay, he had 14. I went over. You went under. So, now you're up 3-2. to two. Our last one here. Donovan Mitchell points at Portland. <laughs> we set the line at 25 and a half. Do you remember how many points he scored that game? Uh, it, was, it was a lot less, wasn't it? 25. Oh, never mind. 25. I took the under. You went over. So I win that one. So it's 3-3. Three, three. We're tied 3-3. Three, three. Stupid. I swear if I lose... I'm gonna be really pissed because you screwed me over on the halftime show. Now here's we go to the, so now we go to the tiebreaker, and this was from intern Adam, Adam the intern, and I think we need to school Adam the intern on how to properly do yeah, tiebreakers. I would agree because the tiebreaker was Patrick Mahomes turnovers, and he said it at two. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes had two, so neither one of us. It's a tie. I went over, you went under. <laughs> so much for a tiebreaker. So it was a tie. Adam, the intern, you are fired. So it's a tie, Ajay. See? There's no reason to swear. Great. Then you owe me a cookie. 
Oh, good. I got one on my desk. Dude, you need to eat that. How did you not eat that? I didn't do anything to it. It has M&M's in it. You love M&M's. It's colorful. It's chewy. Soft. It is delicious. We're going to update you on the other things from this past weekend. Or update you on the other scores from the Mountain West. We already kind of alluded to some of those. And the latest uh, net rankings in the NCAA. Where did things stand after Utah State lost on the road at San Diego State? Give me a cookie cookie. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, full court press rolling on on a Monday. <clears throat> hey, how much snow did you get? Uh, I didn't measure it. I was too busy pushing it around. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good dump. Got another one coming, don't we? Like on Friday or something? Uh, I think we... Yeah, there's another one coming up later this week. Yucky. Did they cancel school today for your kids? No, it was delayed. Oh, it was delayed? Yep. Two cool. hours delay. That's how it was throughout the Cash and Logan School District. Yeah, I love seeing college students be upset that they had to go to school today. I know they did cancel school in uh, Preston School District. But it was delayed most other places around here. A lot of cancellations down south, Salt Lake area, Utah County. Um, the uh, It was an interesting weekend in the Mountain West. Colorado State is a team that's kind of coming along, Ajay. I thought the Aggies uh, took care of business, especially in the second half against the Rams. Uh, When Utah State played them, Colorado State had won four in a row to that point, and they've kind of picked up where they left off after that loss and um, really handled UNLV on Saturday night. UNLV has been a weird team. They started out conference play really pretty good, surprising a lot of us. Uh, winning a lot of their games, played San Diego State really tough, but have essentially collapsed since then. Colorado State beat them 95-77. to uh, As you mentioned, another surprise in conference play, Wyoming on the road beating San Jose with their first conference win, 71-66. to uh, Fresno State beating New Mexico, 82-77. to New Mexico, another team that we had some high hopes that they could be a good representative from the Mountain West with the, the, their pre-conference schedule that they had. Uh, they looked good in the uh, in the net rankings, but they've had some real issues with their roster and with their personnel having to dismiss players, uh, players involved at uh, house parties where people get shot. So it, it, there's a real problem going on in Albuquerque. Uh, Fresno State got that win. And then Boise State, with a win over Nevada. Similarly, Nevada looked like it was going to be a team to contend with, but uh, Boise State ends up uh, winning that game, 73-64. to So it, it really has been a round robin where everybody's beating everybody else. Uh, Utah State is not immune to that. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem is is that UNLV comes into the spectrum with a lot of comp- – like. 
a lot of confidence. Though they lost uh, over the weekend, they're going to be just fine because they know they've got Utah State at UNLV already. Get them here, and that's a big win for them. Nothing will phase UNLV. The problem is the the question is is can Utah State fix their woes and and lick their wounds and and be be bandaged up, ready to go for a UNLV team that 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 does have confidence, that does know how to play the game extremely well, has great ball movement, good shooters, and they play very physical defense. And then of course on Saturday night, Boise State. Look, that game was one of the more heartbreaking regular season games I've seen at Extra Mile Arena. You know, a couple weeks ago when Utah State with a 18-point lead and four change left, lose in overtime. Um, I just, can you put those kind of things behind you, those nightmares behind you, and actually go out there and play for a full, here's a good one for you, play for a full 40 minutes for once. Yeah. We haven't done That'd that. Be I, nice. I feel like we haven't played for a full 40 minutes all conference yet. Have we? No, I agree. That's a great point. Because they've had struggle finishing games or they've been slow in some of their starts. I agree. In conference play, I don't know that Utah State has played great from start to finish. And I understand that can be hard to do for any team, anywhere, at any level. But Utah State has really struggled with that. Uh, and they'll have stretches where they'll just be totally flat for yeah. like five minutes in yeah. the middle of a not, game. Yeah, not just for two minutes, not for 90 seconds. It's for five, five and a half minutes where they don't score. But this week, Ajay, this, these are revenge games for Utah State. Yeah, it's revenge week. They should yeah. have big chips yeah. on their shoulder because at UNLV, they just the shots just weren't falling, and it was just an off night, a really off night for Utah State. Yeah, Boise State, they had you, it in control and they just couldn't finish it. Do you want to lose with Tony Brown and Troy Roll and you know Gary Wilkinson and all those and Stu Morrill in the house? Do you want to be the team that blows that game to by the way, I hate to put this out there as in this such a tone to where former head coach and head associate coach Tim Duryea is going to be on the sideline on the other side. I guarantee you Durier will have that team ready to play. He would love nothing more than to come here and spoil that night and ruin it. I, without a doubt, have confidence in saying that. He would love to come spoil that night for the Utah State Aggies. And it's, and it's on his mind. He knows about it. He's very well aware. And he wants to go in and, you know, and say, well, so uh, you're having a big stumor all night, huh? To remind you how good of a coach I was. <laughs> But uh, no, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a rock house. Look, there is a snowstorm coming in, uh, as Eric was saying, Wednesday or Friday or something. But get there, get get to the game as, if you possibly can. Um, the Aggies will definitely need your support this week. They they desperately, desperately, desperately need to sweep this week. I mean, just to save themselves from the standings. Both games are at eight o'clock this week. There's a game on Wednesday against UNLV, the only game in the Mountain West on Wednesday, and then they play Boise State at eight o'clock. Uh, both of those games are going to be on uh, CBS Sports Network. Thank you. Dude, ESPN is so Homer Aztecs. I do. Just listen. Like, every time Bean or Sam would take a charge, well, it looked like a block to me. Sam was moving. Then on the other side, the exact same play. No, Sam ran right into him. That's, that's a clear charge right there. Oh, Flynn. Oh, my gosh, Flynn. Oh, my. You are the best in the world. Sam. Oh, Mitchell. Mitchell, you are the unanimous player of the year right now. Oh, Sam Merrill, hit a three. Mitchell, you're so amazing. 
Oh, Mitchell, I just, I'm going to, you know, when I have my kid, I'm going to name him Matt Mitchell. Just, dude, I want to puke. And by the way, learn how to freaking televise a full game. Speaking of playing for a full game of 40 minutes, televise the whole dang game for 40 minutes, too. <laughs> Cut off with two minutes left in the first half and show me freaking commercials about baked beans. Are you serious? Look, they, this was, that was a broadcast crew that had an opportunity to, to call a game for the number four team in America. So you know they were geeked up about it because yeah. they were going to be used on highlights and Sports Center and all this stuff. Yeah, I uh, just, I mean, but come on, have a little bit of respect for. Their, Probably, Utah there should State. be some semblance of uh, being CBS impartial. Sports does a great job, and you know Richie Schiller does a great job, and I wish he would have been there. Hey, by the way, uh. I'm glad this wasn't at your house, but a Super Bowl argument at a family barbecue leads to a man shooting and death because they had an argument at a barbecue of who was going to win the Super Bowl. You know, I was going to come over on Sunday. I, I, I got busy, got wrapped up in a couple of things. I appreciate Mrs. France inviting me over. I couldn't make it. Hope everything went well, though. Yeah, it was great. We had a so, good time. So uh, hopefully I can get over there for March Madness and hang out with you guys for the national championship. I heard she's doing another party. So... Hopefully I'll be there and I'll be able to make it over. I don't know. You might bring your hot takes that uh, I might not like to hear. There's nothing wrong with me bringing Reggie over. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, still one of my most favorite memories of you and I hanging out, watching the game with Reggie. (laughs) I should have took a photo too of the gents. That was a weird night. All right, you got to get out of here. I We've do. Got other things to cut. Uh, hey, good uh, luck with Troy Roll. Catch up on. Honestly, have a blast with that. I, I can't wait to listen to that interview. I'll be tuning in, and I, I can't wait. I, I'm so excited for you guys to talk basketball and for him to share his memories. And tomorrow, we've got not one, we've got two interviews tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, you'll know both guys. You, you'll be excited about it. Can't wait. All right, so Troy Roll coming up at the top of the next hour. Uh, before we get into that, uh, update you on the latest NCAA net rankings for the Mountain West. We ran through who won, who lost over the weekend, but what do the standings look like? Even though Utah State lost, did they take a hit or not so much? We'll update you on what that looks like. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson with you here on a Monday on the Full Court Press. Stay tuned. Here in about 10 minutes or so, we'll have a conversation with Troy Roll, a former Utah State men's basketball player, part of that 99-2000 team that went to the NCAA tournament, had a perfect record in conference play. Get his thoughts, his memories about playing for the Utah State Aggies. Uh, speaking of the Aggies, the latest net rankings are out. Of course, these are updated every day, and so they change, they fluctuate. But I always find it interesting to check it on a Monday morning after the weekend and after full weeks of games have been played. And uh, currently, there's been some movement. There's interesting to see where these things are right now. San Diego State has moved up to the number one team in the net rankings. Uh, the latest polls are out, and uh, they've got... Uh, San Diego State is their number four team in the latest uh, rankings. 
from the coaches and the uh, and the media. Um, but as far as the net rankings are concerned, um, they are the number one team. Uh, there's no other teams in the Mountain West receiving votes, and it makes sense. Well, why would there be? Uh, there are a few teams that Utah State has played and beaten who are getting votes. In fact, there's a, one specific team that is ranked, and that's LSU. They're ranked 18th in both polls. So that win over LSU earlier in the season certainly helps Utah State. But uh, when you look at the overall Mountain West, San Diego State's number one. Utah State, even though they lost to San Diego State, are still in those mid-50s. They're at 55 in the net rankings. So not really a lot of movement for them. Certainly a lot of recognition for playing the number one team. Uh, Boise State has moved up to 92. Nevada is at 93. Uh, Colorado State is at 101. So they're just close to that top 100 threshold. And then there's a pretty big drop-off and, and a gap from there. UNLV at 130, New Mexico 132, Fresno State at 148, Air Force is at 199. So that loss at Air Force is just ugly and just continues to look even worse for Utah State, unfortunately. Uh, San Jose State is at 263, and Wyoming is at 286. Wyoming gets out of the 300s uh, by beating San Jose State, or at least they were flirting with the 300s, and I've pretty much been there for much of the season. But uh, interesting to see that Utah State, even with the loss, uh, really not much movement. In fact, there may be a little bit of recognition to move them up for playing a top four team in the country or the number one team in the net rankings. So still Utah State with a lot of work to do. This week, a game on Wednesday against UNLV at 130. And Boise State, who's at 92, not necessarily you know great Teams that are going to help your net rankings, but at this point, it's all about preserving wins and not having any extra losses. Uh, at Utah State can't afford any more of those. Uh, but the teams that Utah State has faced, like I said, LSU, uh, they're uh, they're moving up. They continue to be high in the net rankings. The uh, number twenty-two team overall uh, losses against Boise or BYU and St. Mary's. BYU at twenty-six, St. Mary's at thirty-three in the rankings. Florida is at number 42 in the rankings. Uh, North Texas, South Florida, a couple other teams that Utah State beat that are uh, not bad in the rankings, but uh, at 94 and 120 respectively. So uh, Utah State has some nice wins on their resume, for sure, but they also have some ugly losses. The loss at UNLV and the loss at Air Force are looming large against the Utah State Aggies for their opportunities to maybe be an at-large team. In fact, going into the weekend, uh, Joe Lunardi for ESPN had Utah State as a first four out. Uh, and So at least he's recognizing them that they're kind of in that bubble discussion where for the last several weeks, he wasn't even considering them. He wasn't anywhere on their lists. Uh, but uh, certainly after another loss, it's going to be hard to be there right away. But perhaps by the end of the season, if they get into conference play with more wins, they could be in that discussion once again because they do have some nice out-of-conference wins on their resume. But if you take out their best win and you take out their worst loss, eh, they still need some things to do. They still have a good win. Uh, their second best win is still good, but their second worst loss, eh, still, it's not great. So anyway, those are some of the updates in the Mountain West. Next hour, we'll get into what happened with the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the latest rankings and standings in Region 11 boys and girls basketball. And a look back in time for the Utah State men's basketball team with Troy Rolls. Stay tuned.
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Well, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning their first Super Bowl in 50 years. It was a momentous occasion for the franchise in the city and for head coach Andy Reid, who everyone outside of San Francisco was probably rooting for on Sunday. It wasn't easy. That Niners defense made life very difficult for Patrick Mahomes most of the night. But Casey's defense hung in there late in the game to give the Chiefs quarterback a chance. Eventually, the 2018 MVP hit his stride carried his team to the comeback victory. It was a fun Super Bowl, maybe not an all-time classic, but it was a good game with two teams that were easy to root for. The Chiefs and Niners have plenty of young, exciting players. Both of them have a great chance to get back here again. But today, it's all about Kansas City. It's time to celebrate for a great coach, a great team, a great fan base, a great quarterback. Enjoy, Chiefs Nation, your world champs. Congrats. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.